0: Let's get ready to rumble!
1: Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that this week has just shown that once again we will speak to anybody who shows us five minutes of attention. Joining me, my name is Tosin, I am your host, based up in the United Kingdom, in the middle, a place called Bromsgrove. Joining me, as always, from the Isle of Wight, is Sharon Bolland. Hello. And joining me is a man who, once away, took away all of my film credibility points, because I recommended a film called She's So Lovely. Then gave a couple of them back because I recommended a Jerry Butler film called Greenland, and has taken some of them back again because I actually like Marvel's The Eternals. That man is my cousin who has shown us some attention online, telling us about previous podcasts. So now, guess what? He's here. It's Ty hey. Bello! <laughs> Hello. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. You well? Doing good. Doing good. Yes, okay, uh, the, okay. you're the latest one in people, like whenever we have any sort of interaction that shows that people might be listening to us somewhere, we're like, oh, oh be a friend, come on the podcast, <laughs> tell us what you think, we promise we won't argue with you, because you've shown us, you've been nice to us. I, I thought I'd wait
2: till I was on before we discussed fees. So.
1: <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what
0: we'll
1: do, I'll tell you what we'll do, I'll tell you what we'll right. There's 3 of us on this episode. You can get a third of whatever money we make off this podcast episode. It's <laughs> <That is> very <laughs> generous. of you. Yeah. is it, it, the way we roll here at Netflix as I said about. We 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 believe that yeah, you've done some work, you need to you should get something.
0: And that's a third <laughs> of the gross rather than just the
1: net. Exactly, exactly, whichever one is bigger. Whichever one is bigger, <laughs> you can do. And somebody else can even do the math, which means that you'll actually you you get the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking about people who get in touch with us, people, speaking of people who get in touch with us, Sharon, it's happened again. So, Ty, I'm not sure if you've noticed. I know you've been listening to the podcast. Um, uh, and feel free at some point during this to give us a review of why on earth you started listening and why you've kept listening.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm assuming this is fan mail for Sharon again.
1: <laughs> it, it's like it, you that proving that you've been listening, proving, <laughs> proving that you've been listening. So, no, okay, so what what happens is that we, Sean gets the fan mail <clears throat> Sean gets the fan mail Sharon gets the people I think because what we started doing is that we have we started um we started putting uh our reviews like video reviews of the individual things on, on Facebook and on YouTube and Sharon is the one who gets comments on her YouTube reviews, where people actually go. People go, "Oh wow! By the way, uh, da, da, da. and obviously, Sharon, you said something quite intelligent." And everybody, I, I, I believe that Sean would be fine with me saying this. That out of the three of us, if you want intelligent conversation, you go to Sharon, and <laughs> and, and so people have been. Grappling with, you know, with the things that you say in an intelligent way, going, oh yeah. And so, on your re- review of The Most Reluctant Convert by the C.S. Lewis movie, yeah. <clears throat> we had somebody who actually wants to get, who who wrote quite a qu- quite a thing in, quite a thing. In. I think uh, there's a guy called George Hill. I think you can tell that he's, from reading this, you can see that he's a C.S. Lewis fanboy. And this, look, he has 7,000 subscribers. Who is this person? Oh. Ah. <laughs> but he wrote on your review I found the film to be most intellectually profound uh, I found the film to be the most intellectually profound examination of Christianity I've ever heard. Since I've watched the film I've read several of his works Weight of Glory, Surprised by Joy and others and I am deeply shocked oh no I'm shocked at how deeply these works have struck me if I wasn't already converted I'd be converted all over again is this propaganda? No! It's self-examination and an examination of Christianity and how he came to finally accept it C.S. Lewis had a very unique mind and he takes you in a linear progress from atheist to Christian in such a way as to reach anyone that actually pays attention. 5 stars, 10 stars. <laughs> oh, <Wow>, good. <laughs> yes, so yeah, that's that's you getting uh getting more getting some more like interact and I'm just waiting until the next thing I put up and I get some, just some more abuse. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> Uh, speaking about that, okay, so what we do at this show If you don't know, is that we usually go to the cinema We see a couple of things in the cinema We see a couple of things at home And we, um And then we rate everything out of five And we say, where has the money been better spent this week? Was it better spent going, to, getting out of our houses Going to the cinema, or was it better spent just staying at home? And this week, even before I went to see the film that I was going to see I got abuse about it So, <laughs> <laughs> Because, because I went to see, so in cinema, that we only have one film in cinema this week because life happens. I believe Sharon, Sharon, you were planning, you, you had plans to see Death on the Nile yesterday.
0: I didn't bought my ticket and it was on ready to go. And then events overtook us.
1: Oh, no way. You actually had the ticket and everything.
0: I actually bought the ticket. Yeah.
1: Oh, 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 oh that, that's actually painful. That, that hurts me in a, like, okay. <laughs> I mean, Sharon, I've spoken on the podcast before about how the area of the the, the tribe I'm from, I'm from a certain area that where we're called the Ijabu people. Yeah. And and us spending money, spending money, <laughs> spending money is painful enough, but spending money that doesn't actually, where well, you don't actually get to enjoy the thing you paid for, that is that 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 hits me in a very very sort of like raw place. hits <laughs> me in a very raw place. So, you, but you are going to see, you are supposed to see a death on the Nile.
0: Death on the Nile, yes.
1: Yeah. And we already had a super fan, Nina, get in touch and say, "Oh, what do you think of Death on the Nile?" And I was already going, "Oh well, listen to the podcast this week because Sharon will tell you what she thinks about it." And it turns out that we haven't done that. But back to the abuse that I got. Back to the abuse <laughs> that I got. So I was at I was at, because on Tuesday nights, as as we've said, like nowadays with the way life is, and I'm sure Taiwo will, will will speak about your cinema going. Um, Habits <laughs> or not, <laughs> in a second. But so, so Taiwo, you have uh, you have a young daughter. She's she's going, she's coming close to two, isn't she? She's two and a half. So, What? Oh. What did that happen? Okay, never mind. <laughs> so, okay, uh, we'll put aside me being a terrible uncle for a second. And <laughs> she's two and a half. So obviously, life has changed for you in the past two and a half years. And with me having a one-year-old in the house. It means that I can't go see two, maybe three films a week as I used to. So I get to see one film a week, and it's usually on a Tuesday night after tennis. So I was at tennis, and people were talking about the fact, and I was talking about the fact that I do this podcast, and people were like, oh, yeah, oh, so what about it? What do you think about this? And people were asking me, the, because there were a couple of young guys there, they were like, oh, did you see Jackass? And. We spoke about this. I was like, no, no, yeah. no, <laughs> no, didn't see I'm Jackass. <laughs> N- never saw it when I was on TV, even though I was right in the wheelhouse, right in the, in the, in the, I think the age That's range. The, of it, the, yeah, they the demographics that we're looking for. You yeah, exactly. It. It, that 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 was what I was but even then I was like why is it fun seeing people get hit in the nuts, <laughs> and, and I was just kind of like I, I I don't get it I still don't get it, and so people were like what film are you going to go see tonight and I was like I'm going to see marry me and they're like what I can't believe you're <laughs> going to see marry me instead of Jacker. <laughs> and i was like wait wait what 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 i think that is a perfectly reasonable choice but anyway that is what we saw in the cinema this week i saw Mary me sharon what did you, you didn't see anything in cinemas but what did you see at home
0: i saw i managed to see the entire season of reacher
1: on Ooh. amazon reacher reacher he who said nothing and taiwo so you are coming on here you're coming on here as a guest what are you bringing out of the gate wait what are you showing to us this week uh-
2: I'll be bringing uh, Last Chance You from Netflix. So five seasons to summarize.
1: Wow! <laughs> All right, cool. So we will get onto that. But first, before we before we go into that, let's just have a little quick, a bit of a talk because every now and then, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if these happened before you started listening to but mm. um, be but we there, every now and then we would get a bit philosophical. About a title, about Netflix versus cinema, as to whether, like you know, there is actually a fight, and whether it's what's happening, how our viewing habits changing, and all that. Now, you and um, when I asked you to come on this podcast, you said you you were like, oh, I don't know about that. I haven't been to the cinema. Tell me what you said about your cinema going habits.
2: Well, that's that, that's the thing. So I think we had Maya about six months before the pandemic started, and then. Before that, we'd normally go to watch, you know, maybe one one film every month or every couple of weeks, depending on what was coming out. Then we had Maya, and then pandemic hit and that was it for cinema. Um, and then it was, right, A, when can we go to the cinema? B, when can we get someone to look after Mayowa while well, we're to the cinema? Because I can't go on my own. Katie would not <laughs> allow that in the slightest. So, which is understandable and very fair. So, um, so you're you're
1: not going there and talking about a film without me not knowing about it. Yeah. (laughs) All right, cool. (laughs) Got
2: it. Exactly. So, the last film I saw was um, 007. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's been a few months now. And what's even worse is I'm finally going to be getting around to seeing Spider Man (laughs) (laughs) on Saturday. I bought bought the tickets. I bought the tickets. Like, I'm going, come hello, high water. So, (laughs) uh,
1: is, 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 is this with Katie? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. Have you also have you guys managed, have you managed to spend all this time avoiding spoilers? Yes, I think I think I'm quite fortunate that I'm not
2: really into social media. So yeah, I've managed to stay away from spoilers. I've even stayed away from all trailers. The only thing I know is that in this one it is Spider Man and Doctor Strange is in there somewhere. Why he's in there, no idea or what's gonna happen.
1: Go go you uh well, we liked it, let's put it <laughs> we' will we'll leave it at that. We liked it, well done for avoiding spoilers, but okay, so if we ever if brought the central question of Netflix versus cinema to you, when you hear that do do you do you think the question's stupid, do you think that there's a fight, do you think oh no, I definitely prefer this, what do you think so I
2: think pre pandemic there was a clear fight ongoing, I think after the pandemic, that fight has been cinema's been weakened significantly, particularly because of the behemoth that is Disney. I think because of, I mean, they're so so big as a group, and because of the way they've behaved in bringing out films and then releasing them within five or six weeks of them being at the cinema, I think it's just become, I think they've decided their battle's not going to be in the cinema. Their battle's going to be on the streaming services, and they're starting to focus more energy towards the streaming services, as well as some of the big cinema releases as well. So... I, I i think although cinema will be staying it's not like going extinct, I think yeah, that battle's almost lost the cinema <laughs> sadly I mean that's just what it is so although yes.
1: it's funny that you say that because today the news came out that Disney are taking encanto back to cinemas why? That is at uh, this. Uh, this is the this is the question at the heart of this Netflix vs. cinema thing, as because when we speak about it, we talk about the fact that you have different things when you watch something at home or on your TV as to when you watch something in the cinema. That, that mm-hmm. there's definitely a difference, and it's almost kind of intangible. It's not as it's not as easy as saying this plus this equals that, and it's um so Encanto they released it and it was in cinemas for a while, and as you said, I think it was probably out for about a month before next thing you know it showed up on Disney Plus. Then yeah. we don't talk about Bruno happened. Everybody started listening to that song in the world. Everybody started watching Encanto on on um, on Disney Plus, and mm. I think because half half terms are coming up, they're going well. Okay, I think there's more money to be made here. Go back to the cinema, <laughs> sing along I... <laughs> showings. <laughs> ex- exactly. So crazy. things like, like sing along showings you can't do that at home. You can, you well you can sing along, but not like with a group of people or anything mm. like that. So th- so there there's it, it's one of these things that, we, that there's there's still there's a bit of a trump card that I think cinema has yeah. that I don't think is it's playing well. <laughs> I think that there's a bit of a trump card. Because, and I think this whole thing, the pandemic, the rise of streaming services has made people question, okay, what is it unique that cinema offers that TV can't do? And I still don't think cinema is focusing on that. I still mm. don't think that they're, they're doing it well enough. But but how about you, personally speaking, if you say Netflix versus cinema, personally, forget, forget about the wide world, forget about Disney having all the money and making all the good stuff. <laughs> personally, do do you think that for you there's a fight between Netflix and cinema? So is that me or Sharon? Um, to, to you, Tywo. Oh, oh, Sharon and I have talked about this ad nauseum. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: so I think as you said, the 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 fight still remains because there are still things that cinema can bring, and there's an experience of going to watch a film together in a group. Um, you know, it's a nice, it's a it's a setting where you're focused on the film. You can't get the same sound or the same size screen as you can at a cinema like at home, um, and there's just something of the events of going out to the cinema that just I think still is quite appealing for me. I don't know what it's like. Maybe it's no, I, I, I can say we're part of the Older generations. So I don't know what it's like for the <laughs> younger generation. Um, but for me, there's still quite a big thing of going to the cinema. So, yeah. So I mean, sorry,
1: it's just the fact that, that okay, because I still, I still think of Taiwa as kind of my baby cousin. And he's just described himself as part of the older generation. So, what the heck? <laughs> 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 what
0: the heck? <laughs> that puts your life
1: into perspective. <laughs> oh. It really does. It really does put life into perspective. <laughs> um, but, uh, sorry, I had, I had a follow call. It was question. when it was but, when I know I realised that there's
2: university students that are half my age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not a youth anymore. So,
0: if you can half and they're still adults, that's a bit of a downer.
1: Oh, uh, okay, okay. Well, we're gonna move on quickly. <laughs> we're gonna move. <laughs> we're gonna move on quickly from this. From this depressing, depressing topic. <laughs> and <laughs> and we're okay, let's let's kick off let's kick off in cinema as we traditionally do. So in cinema this week we have the film Marry Me. A film that is it is Jennifer Lopez back in rom com territory. Because Jennifer Lopez is uh she is a she's a performer. She's an act- she's an actress who for a while at the beginning it was kind of like because she had the acting career and she had the music career going you weren't really sure what to make about her and then she sort of plowed this furrow where she was like romantic comedies that's what we do the wedding <laughs> planner made in manhattan all those sort of things and so for a long time you thought what you're going to get is a down the middle jennifer lopez romantic comedy that's 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 what you're going to get it was her and jennifer aniston fighting for who was going to be the queen of the romantic of the mediocre romantic comedy quite frankly and then hustlers came out a couple of years ago and all of a sudden, it was like, oh, my God, God give her an Oscar. Oh, my God, she's actually good again. And this is her back in romantic comedy territory. But with a crazy, crazy plot, which, <laughs> which, uh, Tywin, have you heard the plot of this film?
2: Yes, yes, because you mentioned <laughs> it last week before yeah.
1: you. I mentioned yeah. it last week. After mentioning it, I thought, you know what? I, well, there were three choices of films to see this week, and this was the one that had the most um, the most convenient starting time. For me, Touchy goes it. <laughs> But at the same time, I thought, I mentioned it last week, I might as well go see it. So, she plays a world-famous m- music star called Kat Valdez. And she is in a relationship with this guy who's called Bastian. And they, uh, they decide they're going to get married. They write this song called Marry Me, about them singing to each other, about them getting married. And they are going to get married on stage in front of the whole world that is live-streamed around the world to 20 million people at a concert. So she has a dress done. They have everything done. It's this big thing, and it's all gonna go on. And then right before she gets onto stage, she, sorry, baby crying. <laughs> I got on a second. Claude, is she okay? Yeah, she's fine, she's fine. Okay, cool, Good. All right. So right before the right before she gets uh, she gets onto stage, she th- she notices that everybody's looking at their phones. Everyone's looking at their phones. And she's like, why? Why? What's going? On? Everyone's looking at their phones. So she so she speaks to her uh, her manager, and she's like. And she's like she's like hand me the hand me the phone and she sees that there's a video that's been released of her fiance um essentially cheating on her with her assistant so um, she gets on there she's right the, she's right in front of the world but the, and also but she's somebody who's had a quite, this is this is going to be her fourth marriage and so she's kind of like a laughing stock when it, like a love life is a thing in the in the public eye and all that and so she's sort of standing there on the stage, she's come out in this wedding dress, everybody's looking at her, and then there's a guy in the, there's a guy in the crowd holding up a sign that's saying, marry me, because it's the name of the song. So he's holding up this sign saying, marry me, and she just sort of goes, yes, you, you, I will marry you. And, and he's like, what? What the hell's going on? And the only reason he's at the concert is because his best friend and his daughter dragged him along. He doesn't know her, he doesn't know her music, doesn't know anything. And so this guy is played by Owen Wilson. He gets dragged up onto the stage and she's sort of standing there and they're like, um, uh, will you do you take her to be your wife? And he just looks at her and just kinda of goes, Oh, okay, okay, fine. And then it's all about what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he that's what they they go, the, the the line is actually, do you, some guy, take Cat Valdez to be like, you know, your your wife? And he's like, Okay. And they're like, Well, I guess that works and, and
0: <laughs> I kept thinking this can't be legal.
1: <laughs> that, that you should—that is—that's what I was thinking as well. I was thinking like this—this <laughs> this probably can't be legal. But they already had somebody, so and they—they they do address that in the film. They do address that in the film. Oh, okay. And, and the but the fact is, and first of all, I—I I was thinking, okay, that's just stupid. That's just something that someone has made up and put together and bent over backwards, turned into sort of pretzel shapes, just so they can make this film work, and then you but then you think about the fact that we have tv shows like married at first sight yeah and <laughs> this kind of stuff happens <laughs> so i was thinking okay maybe maybe there's something in here maybe there's something in here and so it goes into a little bit of uh it, it it goes into a little bit of a examination of fame and social media and what that means and if somebody is that famous do they really have their own life or is is it actually just a prison and it goes a little bit of, it doesn't go too much into it and But the fact is, I mean, when you see that it's Jennifer Lopez, you see something called Marry Me, when you watch the trailer, you know what you're getting. You're not going in here expecting like, you know, a hard hitting expose satire of blah, 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 blah. You're not going to that. You're it's going not there... going to be
0: spotlight, is it? Let's face it
1: it's not spotlight no it's not going to be that you know it's going to be uh it's going to be a romantic comedy you know stuff is going to happen you know that things like you know there's going to be a roadblock in the relationship you know there's going to be something coming together at the end you know all these things and you know all these beats of the film so if you're going to watch this film you know that's going to happen already the question is does the film do them well so for for me i mean from the from the word go i'm saying like okay, this film, the only, the highest thing, the highest star rating this film can get from me is a three. It, so anything that happens after I go into watch the film can only decrease it from a three to nothing. <laughs> it, uh, it's going to be a miracle for this film to have anything in it that's going to elevate it to a four.
2: Yes. <laughs> so basically, it's not a case of you're going to be adding points. It's that you're starting at three, i'm going to start knocking things off as we go exactly
1: on. exactly i'm starting at three and and if if you start doing things that say you just made a three-star movie even dumber you get <laughs> things knocked off that's what happens and i and uh, some people think well a rom-com it's uh, well rom-coms you know there can only be a three carry, okay? but i saw a rom-com the other week called playing it cool that has a great cast and wastes them it has Chris Evans in it. It has Michelle Monaghan, who I think should be a bigger star. It has tofu Grace. It has Patrick Warburton, and the film is rubbish. I mean, the <laughs> film—that's a film where you go. It's a romantic comedy. Can only have a three, and halfway through you're like, is there anything less than a one? And, and
0: have you it, never watched one of those Hallmark Christmas films? Oh no, those are hardly they even films. They never get above a two. They never
1: <laughs> get above a two. You see now—that's that's what if you're talking about a Hallmark Christmas film, the most it can be is a two. <laughs> That's <laughs> the most it could be. Is is a two, and but this film, "Marry Me," is well done. I mean, Jennifer Lopez is at the height of her. Look, I'm a film star. Look at me, and I will carry this thing because I'm likable. Same thing with Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson doing his whole kind of like you know surfer dude kind of thing, where it's just the kind lovable of like, doofus. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Wait, and 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 it's kind of like it's a film that rises and falls on star power. If you had it, if you didn't have Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson, I'm not sure it would work. And it's funny because I find at the end of the film, it it says based on the graphic novel. And if you know anything about you graphic, graphic no- novels,
0: like that? I
1: know, I know, and this is the thing. I was so shocked. I was like, "What? Did, did I just read based on a graphic novel?" So I went online, and sure enough, based on a graphic novel. So I went and I found the graphic novel, which you can buy for four pounds. Yeah, okay. So I went on actually bought this graphic novel to read it. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, the graphic novel is a lot more cynical. The graphic novel is a lot more cynical, it's a lot more satirical, it's a lot more kind of like, you know, the hard hitting thing. Like the, the age of the of the starlet in the graphic novel is twenty four. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like an impulse So when she marries this like guy, me, it's, yeah. it's 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 presented more in the graphic novel as a sort of impulsive britney spears type moment as opposed to as opposed to like you know uh, jennifer lopez has been married four times all that kind of stuff right. but i think that this film i would recommend it i would recommend it 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 keeps its three stars it it keeps the three stars all the way through i think some of the musical sequences are great jennifer lopez there's 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 a whole extended sequence of her on stage where you're just kind of like dang this woman still got it <laughs> she is still got it. You're like that. She is. I would go to her concert Essentially, that's the kind of thing that you do. I remember. And this is obviously, I'm a man who, when I saw Hustlers, I described her entrance in Hustlers as one of the all-time great character introductions in cinema history. But there's something about Jennifer Lopez. She can bring it. She knows what she brings when she brings to when she comes to a project, and she does it here. She is likable. Her and Owen Wilson work really, really well together. You ignore the plot. You, you ignore you ignore all the things that you know are going to have to happen because it's a, you ignore the rush to the airport, you ignore the last minute declaration of love, you ignore all, the, all that happens. There's nothing in this film that happens that you do not expect. Mm. Um, um, but it's just about how well it's done, and it's done very well. So I would give this a three out of five. Not the best romantic comedy ever, but it doesn't disgrace itself either.
0: But it's interesting <laughs> that it's at the cinema because we did we have discussed this in the past as well on our shows how we thought the day of the the rom-com at the cinema was probably because these are films that just proliferate all of the streaming platforms that you know the romantic comedies are just filler yeah and they're everywhere and so that the days of having a four weddings type film that is like the biggest film at the cinema you know we thought those days are well gone so it doesn't obviously hit those heights but i'm interested the fact that you know they thought let's put it on the cinema. Well, let's go straight
1: streaming. The thing about it is, okay, because if you think about the Four Weddings, taking Four Weddings as, a, as an example, it was Four Weddings was done at that time. It was the biggest film in, the, in the, that year, but also it was made with people who were not particularly recognized stars. Like Hugh Grant wasn't a massive name at that time. No. Andy McDowell wasn't a massive name at that time. And it was still, so I think the, the only reason this film was in cinemas is because it's Jennifer Lopez, quite frankly. Is because it's Jennifer Lopez, and you want to go see that star on screen, and the, uh, But uh, apart from that, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it, it. It probably wouldn't find a place in the cinema, but uh, okay. I'll, let me put it this way. Let me explain why this film is in cinemas. There is a scene in this film where you you, you know the poster of the film The Graduate, that has Dustin Hoffman, yeah. Dustin mm-hmm. Hoffman, and then but he's framed in like you know Anne Bancroft's leg. The, the, yeah. Yeah, there, yeah. There's a there's a shot in this film where you have Owen Wilson. It's kind of similar. Owen Wilson sort of framed in like Jennifer Lopez's leg, and at that point, I heard somebody in the cinema behind me go. Whoa! <laughs> 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 uh, They were rubbing their hands together, were they? Well, that's the thing. I'm not okay because obviously there's a stereotype, but I think this person and take from this what you will. I think this person was female, (laughs) Who, who just who just just went whoa, and I was like, that's why this film is in cinemas. You want that as big a screen as possible because it's Jennifer Lopez, and the woman is some kind of weird. Essentially, you know when you talk about movie star quality how in the 50s and everything you could sell a film on movie star quality jennifer Lopez is one of the few people i think who can do that today Mm. and yeah yeah, and it's that's why the film's in cinemas but anyway enough about that before i start talking a little bit more about what she did and uh, a a, a musical (laughs) number that she a musical number that she performs called church which is actually it, it, they pretty much make a music video of it and you're like, oh my God, that, that woman is the amazing. Let's move away and let's go on to Taiwo, our guest, guest presenter this week. Ooh. We got a fourth one, we got a third one in. Um, So Taiwo, you were going to talk about a show called Last Chance You. Yes, yes, I uh, was. So, And th- this is something that has come out of your, your love of sports documentaries.
2: Yeah, yeah. So growing up, loved everything sports, most sports, anything I get my hands on would get involved to play it. Um, and so interestingly when um, just before uni got involved in American football and that's what kind of drew me to this because I played American football as well so it was just interesting and just to see what happens with the, within the, the march or the movement of people into the NFL so the NFL National Football League, American Football League um, for, yeah, for American football um, and so it was interesting because Last Chance you. Netflix documentary started in 2016 what they did was they went to something called the junior colleges so I'll just take a minute to just quickly explain the college system because it's so complicated and so far devoid from what we have in the UK UK, yeah. yeah so what they normally do is you go to high school so if you're a really good American football player you play in high school you get seen by a college you go to the college you play for that college and then when you finish at college you go into the NFL draft and that gets you into the NFL. But what happens if either you go to college and you have a legal issue? So you have a situation where one of the students punched a, punched a girl in a bar and got thrown out of the college. You have an issue where you had some kids involved in burglary. You had another kid who um, wouldn't stop smoking weed and eventually got thrown out of, out of college. What do you do? So what they do is they then go to something called a junior or community college to oh, try yeah. and prove that they can get themselves straight, that they can manage to keep up with the academic work to then give them another chance to go back into the bigger colleges to then get back into the NFL. So it's almost like a second chance or last chance university. Yeah. So if you don't make it at, the, at that college or university, you're not going to make it into the NFL, basically. So that's what it is. And it's just interesting because it is... Very gritty and very raw. So you have the first the first two seasons are at a university called the Eastern Mississippi Community College, and basically you see and they're very upfront about what these what these I say, kids young men have done to be in that situation. So they're very clear, like you know you had one who was involved in a burglary, you had one who'd been to jail and come back out again, um, and then you also had other kids in the community college because it's cheaper than university. You can go to a community college and you can do a two-year degree, almost like a bachelor's, yeah. before going to you, uni- going to the big uni to do a, um, a master's, um, basically. But it, it, what I loved about the show is it doesn't shy away from the nastier side of things when it comes to college being a business. It's yeah. basically just a business. It is these kids come through. They're there to entertain or to make money for the college and they pass out again, and that's it. And they come in, the coaches use them because they want to be the ones who say, we've won states, we won a state championship. They get to have a ring, the kids move out. And it's it's interesting because the first four seasons, so you have two years at Eastern Mississippi, you have two years at Independence in Kentucky. Those first four seasons, the coaches, you can see, it's very evident that as much as they say they care for the children, they don't they're yeah, very much all about results if you can't get uh, me the result i want so
1: is it, you're you're just fodder for my ambitions
2: very much so very much so and it's interesting because actually one of the um, assistant coaches tells the kids you're here to help me and my family get to a better college so oh, i'm wow. using you but then he says you need to use me as well though you need to be clear that make sure you use my time to try and improve yourself to know where you're going yeah and so that that's one of the things that was interesting because they're very upfront about it, whereas you wouldn't get this in a normal NFL documentary because the NFL's all about PR and yeah. shiny and clean.
1: Yeah. And this is wonderful. We, this is America's pastime, and this is puritanical. There's nothing wrong here. Yeah, yeah. This drug is abuse, this what is drug drug the dream. What's what's a drug? What's a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What abuse?
2: No. So yeah, so it just shows that, and it's and I think that's that's one of the reasons I really liked the show because it made that clear, and it. What's very sad about it, and I had to catch myself thinking about it, was as entertaining as it is, it was then almost stepping back and realising that these are real people yeah. and these are real men who are struggling, young men. I mean, they call them young men, but they still feel like kids because yeah. they're 18, 19. Um, I mean, you had one example where you had one of the players was, um, he had two, ch- two children by that point. It was at that college. And he would basically, because of childcare, and his wife at that point was still going through college, he would have his daughter in the pram in the, um, at the stadium training. So she'd be on the sidelines. He'd be doing training. He'd hear her cry and have to run out to get her, come back again and keep going. Oh, wow. um, so it, it, is, it is absolutely brilliant. Um, and I mean, just the first season ends on basically Eastern Mississippi. They're going towards the playoffs. They're doing really well. Their last match is against a rival community college. A fight breaks out and literally all the players are involved. And because of that, they don't make it to the playoffs.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> and it's just like, wow. Like, and and it is, it's almost like you can't film it. This isn't a film. Um, you couldn't put that in a film script. So you think, oh, that's ridiculous. But actually, this is what has happened and what's gone on. Um, so that's the first four seasons. And then I think they kind of clicked so that by the time it got to the fifth season okay, we need to show that not all the coaches are horrible people. <laughs> um, particularly, I mean, the, the the third and fourth season, the coach for independence was just a, a horrible man, basically. And his, his stance was, I grew up in Compton, you know, born and bred there. I played football there and I know the hardships there. And therefore, I'm just very hard and I just say it as it is. And yeah. I'm like, no, actually, no, you're just, you're just not a very nice person. You are mm-hmm. li- literally just the stuff he does. And he eventually gets fired at the end of the fourth season because um, of his treatment, his bullying uh, of some of the young people. I
1: okay, will. Um, yeah. So Last Chance you. you've been enjoying it, and I was just uh, telling you a little bit about how I saw it, and I wasn't sure whether it was like a... I wasn't sure whether it was a drama series, like uh, Friday Night Lights, or whether it was a documentary thing or anything like that. So the mm-hmm. question I want to ask is... Is this just X Factor with helmets and pads on a gridiron?
2: Um I'm I'm gonna sit on the fence and say yes in some ways and no in some ways. So it is because it's basically a group of people trying to show their talents for other people to see and you know get paid from that. Um I think it's not because unlike X Factor where all they do is they promote the person at the front the, they promote the groups or whatever to say look how great they are look how wonderful they are. they actually show the kids um, in in the light of they are like they're very real about them and I think one of the things that struck me was you've got there was one of the um, one of the players uh, Malik Henry, he's a quarterback. this guy is like an unbelievable talent. He got kicked out of the uni he was going to because there were some problems. He comes to um, he comes to this junior college and you're just watching and he's just self-destructing repeatedly. Mm. So he's arguing with the coaches. He doesn't bother doing any of his academic work, which you have to do to, you know, to get to the college stage. Yeah. And I think that's something you wouldn't see in X Factor. In X Factor, would definitely keep that under wraps and maybe you'd find that out a few years later that this is what happened. So... I think in that but, sense no that's
1: uh... but but well when you were talking about the guy who had his daughter by the side of the pitch and like you know would rush up to go look at daughter and everything that that's total x-factor that's oh that's yeah like, that's yeah, the kind of yeah. thing i'd imagine that X Factor would be like oh look sub story crank it up crank up the music crank up the music how sad <laughs> is this <laughs> oh okay so okay with all that it sounds like you really like it how many stars would you give last chance You so i would i would
2: i think i would give it to four I think instead of giving it a five, I think I'll probably give it a four because sadly I think it gets a bit repetitive. I, I think it, they went on a bit too long with it and then they've now done a Last Chance you basketball one as well, which I haven't seen. Yeah. But, um, but I think for, from what it is, from what it shows and for just how open and honest it was, particularly when it first came out, there wasn't much... That was very open and gritty about. Literally, we've got cameras everywhere. We see everything and every conversation, yeah. and it's not filtered. I think, yeah, for what it was, it was yeah,
1: really good. So, all, all right, starts. cool. I'll fall for that, oh, and final question: Do you need
0: to have an interest in American football to get into it, or is it just enough of a human story? Because obviously, for these young men, it's, this is their probably their one opportunity to raise themselves and their families, hmm. in a broader sense, out of the situations that they're in. Um, into the big money if they get into
2: the, the NFL. Presumably. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, um, no, definitely it's more of a human story because, I mean, I haven't timed it, but looking at the episodes, the longest you get, they're normally about an hour long, the longest you have of them showing you what's happening in uh, on the field during a game is maybe five or six minutes. The rest of it is all about what's going on, particularly with also their academic teachers as well. They spend a lot of time with interviewing the teachers to show this is what they're doing to try and get them um ready for college as it were or the big bad world yeah Yeah.
0: because presumably getting a good education will help improve their lot as well so
2: yeah yeah and you meet one or two who do tweak onto that and decide that they're just trying to get to college to get a good education because they know they're not going to make it to the nfl but at least Mm. they can get free education and a free scholarship
1: all right, now okay, we spent too long on this, and we need to move on. Sorry, but, the, but no, 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 no. It's it's, it's all good stuff, and the but the the I, I keep coming up with good with questions that I think are good anyway. My next question was going to be, how does it compare to all or nothing on Amazon Prime? If you if you've seen any of those, but never mind, we yeah. don't have time for that. We got to move no, on. No. <laughs> We've got to move on. That will be, That's for another podcast, a podcast called Netflix versus Everyone or Netflix versus The World or something like that, <laughs> where they put something on Netflix or something on somewhere else. Spot, spot drama. Anyway, now we go over to Sharon. Sharon, now let's see if your internet connection can hold up for this. To go, on to, the, to go on to the final thing we're going to talk about this week, which, as you said, is Reacher on Amazon Prime, something that we have both seen, but you've heard way too much of me talking. So, Sharon, take it away. What is this Reacher thing all about?
0: Yeah, Reacher is the uh, the serialisation of the first of the Jack Reacher novels written by Lee Child. Um, they were controversially made into two films with Tom Cruise playing Reacher. <laughs> and it was controversial because physically he doesn't look anything like the, the Reacher who's described in the books. <laughs> so for many fans of the book, Jack Reacher is six foot five. He's built. He was a former military policeman. He has skills. You know, skills has skills. <laughs> so yeah. someone else's particular skills.
1: He has a particular um, set of skills.
0: And he doesn't, he basically is not Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so this is now taking it back uh, to the source and saying, OK, we're going to take it back to the source. We're going to look at the novel again and we are going to forget films and then we are going to start from the beginning, we're going to go back to the source and the source of these novels. So this is based on the first book called The Killing Floor. And we come to the point where Jack is an ex, he's left the army where he had a successful career as a military policeman, he is trained in special forces, he's served his country overseas, he's had medals, he's been honoured. Um, And he's got his pension. So he's a man of independent means, but he has been grown up as an army brat. So he has always lived around the world. He's always been footloose. And so we meet him where he's basically decided that he doesn't want to have one base. He just wants to go where the fancy takes him. Yeah. And he's a fan of the blues music. So he's gone to a place where one of his favorite blues singers uh, Reportedly died, so yeah. he just goes off on this like mini South pilgrimage, and as he gets there, it coincides with a ghastly murder. And I know we sort of, we hate it when that happens, uh, but <laughs> it happened. <laughs> so he has then, because he's a stranger into town, and there's this sort of ghastly murder um happened, he is naturally a suspect, and the local ignorant police as they often are in these um, small towns and they pick him up and throw him into jail and then the story progresses on there as he's basically he feels he has a vested interest to find out what's going on and then as the story progresses you find out he's actually got much more of a vested interest than he first thought and then we as the viewer first thought so then it explores all those aspects tying into his past his previous relationships and his previous experiences and how it lends himself to wanting to investigate because of his experience as a, as a military policeman. Now, when we think of MPs in the British army, they basically are picking up drunk squaddies and arresting <laughs> them out of pubs and into, into like their the, the lockups. But apparently in the American system and the, the military policeman in, does investigate crime. He does, have that investigative skill set Mm -hmm. so he is using those that skill set to see if he can uncover what's going on about this small town and there's lots that go on in this small town that doesn't make sense yeah this small place with seemingly has its sort of this great source of wealth and it's all put down to the philanthropy of the local land owner but then he's thinking this doesn't ring true so (laughs) that has piqued his curiosity so he then goes on to investigate
1: well, all right. So, Sharon, could I ask, have you read any of the Jack Reacher novels?
0: I haven't. No, I have actually bought the first one because um, it was I had a birthday recently. And if anyone knows me knows that it's not a birthday or Christmas unless you have a book token. And I <laughs> ended up with something like 60 pounds worth of book tokens. <laughs> so <laughs> I have bought the first two Jack Reacher novels just so I can find out what it's all about.
1: Or well, did you buy them before watching the series or after the series?
0: Midway through, I thought, oh, right. uh, my friend is a huge fan. She's read every single one of them. And she's always been going on about me saying, you really need to read them. And I've always put it off. And then I started watching. I thought, actually, this, because I'd seen the Tom Cruise films. I had no interest in reading them. Yeah. And then I saw this and I thought, actually, there's a bit more to this mm. than just what I thought initially. So, yes, I'm more intrigued. So, I have yeah, I've bought the first two.
2: All right. Cool. I just ask, so is it taking, base, taking place close to a military base or is it just a town and there's no military involvement at all?
0: No military involvement oh, at okay. all. So when they see this guy, and um, they describe him as a vagrant. He says, no, no, I'm not a vagrant, I'm a hobbit. And yeah. in that, sort of going back to the, the days in the 20s and 30s where like sort of Woody Guthrie and all that, mm. um, you know, people there, they just took the streets, they just took the highways and byways. And because yeah. he's got this independent income, as in his army pension, he can afford to, to just drift with basically all the, just the clothes on his back. He doesn't take anything with him but the clothes on his back. But, yeah, there's no – it isn't connected to his army career at all. You know, he has left that oh, behind.
1: Okay, so before we get to star ratings or before I say what I think about this, that the, the thing about uh, – because, to be honest with you, the, the popularity of Jack Reacher I find a little bit – Baffling. <laughs> I, I find it a little bit baffling because he is written. It's essentially supposed to be like the mind of Sherlock Holmes in the body of Arnold Schwarzenegger from Commando, the movie, the movie Commando in the in the, age, yeah, yeah. In the middle of the eighties. That's pretty much Jack Reacher. Sherlock Holmes's mind in that body, and and so and when you say you hear about the different things that are written about Jack Reacher in the novels, you go, how is this popular? Like it sounds ridiculous. Like there's apparently there's one of the books where. His peck is so hard it stops a bullet. And, and apparently, but I think that was Lee Child put that in, probably in the 16th book or something. But By, by that time, you were either with him or you weren't. And,
0: <laughs> yeah, if he'd made it that far,
1: he could yeah, walk on water. If he made it that far, he's like, yeah, he could do whatever he wants. Jack Reacher cures cancer with one look. Jack Reacher punches cancer in the face. But but um, I have a friend, Simon Edwards-Parton, who's written stuff about uh, the show. And he sent me a message. Every now and then, he watches something, he just sends me a message going, oh, what about this? Oh, did you see this or anything? And he says, Reacher was pleasantly good. It felt like an updated 80s TV show. and And that is the thing that I would say. I think more than that, I would say probably an updated 80s movie, an 80s cop movie, because it has a lot of the tropes that you would have in 80s, police detective things i mean it even even down to the fact that it has like you know it has the inscrutable male lead who's doesn't speak much but for some reason everybody kind of like you know the women can't can't stop themselves from like you know being attracted to him yeah is irresistible it has a telegraphed and i mean telegraphed scene in a shower you know this thing is coming from a mile off and it's so 80s movie. The way that it's so 80s movie is, like, it has the obligatory scene in a strip club, even though it tries to do something a little bit more female empowering with it. It's kind of like straight out of an 80s. And I and I would agree with that, that like it feels like an updated 80s '80s film. So I, that's why I wanted to know whether you'd read the books, because I, this is a character, and this it seems like Lee Child has essentially just taken this archetype of an, because the first book was released in 1994. So not that far yeah, from the eighties. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's taken it, he's taken it and he's done something with it that has somehow become really, really popular. And I'm kind of shocked as to why this thing is so popular and has such a rabid following by people from all manners of work. And, but, but I mean, it shows that he's written something good. So, but with that, with that said i think i agree with a lot of what you said i thought that it was actually really well done there's eight episodes i think it goes quite well there's some good characterization i really really liked some of the characters like i think um uh roscoe roscoe i really liked police I, of yeah i like police, the the police chief i can't remember the name of the the name of the character um okay i can't remember the name of the character but he's the police chief he's a black police chief in a white town and and for some there's something about him Tywood that I have to be honest reminds me of you. There's something, something about the shape of his head and the way he carries himself. It's like you with glasses. But 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 yeah yeah. So I'll have to go
2: and see this now, won't I? Yeah. <laughs> to see yeah, if I'll be no. I can be offended Characters or happy about Oscar that.
1: Finley, because I've got yeah, my little Finley. Yeah, Oscar Finley. Yeah, Oscar Finley. And. They're by Malcolm so, Goodwin. They're by Malcolm Goodwin. There's an actor called Malcolm Goodwin. Look him up. And it's and it's uh, and I think I quite like the characterizations and I like the, the way they put it together. But even like the bad guys and the plot and uh, it's straight up an 80s movie, but updated. And I actually quite liked it. So, um, Sharon, how many stars did you give it?
0: Yeah, I liked it, too. I thought. Yeah, because sometimes when it's an eight part episode, you sort of in the middle, it sort of begins to flag a bit. and You're thinking, I'm sure we could sort of, you know wind this up a bit quicker but yeah. i actually enjoyed it so i i would give
1: it a four i would agree with you i would give it a four i i, I particularly like the fact that I, one of the things i liked about it is that you can you see the detecting if you get what i mean because yeah. there's a lot of things that are supposed to be detective shows where there isn't much detecting that goes on stuff just falls in people's laps and they're like oh yeah oh there it is we solved the crime oh he's the greatest detective ever no he isn't <laughs> it's it's like it it's some james bond movies where you're like how did he find that out it just fell in his lap he punched somebody and something fell out of the pocket he didn't do any detecting whatsoever but in this they make a point of you seeing how the detecting is going on and how he finds a clue like there's a clue that he finds in episode one that he just keeps thinking about and thinking about it, thinking and it's not until like episode five that the clue pays off and so there's uh, so I, I really like the fact that it's a detective show in that you can see the detecting that's happening, and it's not just kind of like uh, this 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 this. Oh, it's not right about right, it's right about time that the detective solve the crime. Da da, there it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: I think i would be interesting to to see. I'd imagine they will make more series. It sort of has. Obviously oh, yeah, has... They, they, they've already Thank they've you. already
1: um, they already ordered a second season. The, essentially they they ordered a second season of Reacher after the first one had been out about three days because right. the response to it was so positive that they went, go do another one straight away. So everybody's coming back. Well, not everybody's. The, everybody behind the scenes is coming back because the nature of Jack Reacher is that he is a hobo and he is a drifter. And I think they do a good enough job with this show that if you understand that, char- that aspect of Jack Reacher's character, you are sad that it's very unlikely you're going to see any of these characters apart from Reacher himself again. Mm.
0: Yeah, because I was wondering if it's going to be, you know, like the the crime of the week, but with the, the you know, the obviously but with the scope of the books, yes, I I would be interested to see if you get recurring characters, um, but I would say in the, the nature of the beast is that probably not, but it'd be interesting to see, because some of these characters are so popular that I would think, you know, how can you not want to to draw those them back in, but we'll see.
1: Oh, I just realized, no, I just realized what it is. That's what this that's what Reacher was was reminding me of. It isn't Sherlock Holmes's mind in Arnold Schwarzenegger's body. It's Sherlock Holmes's mind in the incredible Hulk's body from the 1970s 80s TV show. <laughs> I was going
2: to say, yeah, The <laughs> Wanderer, just The Wanderer.
1: Yes, that's that's it. Jack Reacher is the Hulk from the 70s 80s TV show. he goes to a different town every week. Only this one is a different town every season. But, oh my god, that's what it is. That's exactly what the
0: show is. <laughs> They have. He did remind me a little bit of. I know it's a, it's a costume thing, but it reminded me of Sharp in some ways. How with the different Sharp, but not the not the John Bean, the book Sharp, who's quite different, and yeah, yeah. physically he's quite different. Um, but how you get these sort of like adventures in each book that how he um, he has a little cast of regulars who go with him. But the way that his the character was built, I thought, yeah, he was the 90s hero really. So I could I could see elements of of him in there.
1: Oh. Yeah. Cool, so that brings us to the end of our reviews for this week. where we well, th- Taiwo, thank you very much for joining us. Thank, uh, you. Uh, thank you, yes, okay. and and um, we uh, well, well we usually at this point, we usually ask who won this week, but I think it's kind of obvious. It's it's <laughs> it's a bit difficult when one of when one of either Netflix cinema only brings one thing to the table, or if because of life circumstances we can't be as Bigger, enough, big enough film buffs as we want we want to be. I mean, I mean, Ty, you've got an excuse, but I know Sharon and Sharon, Sean, and I are borderline addicted. But
0: <laughs> yeah, your care and responsibilities are like age two. My care and responsibilities are like eighty eight. So in their own way, they can be just as demanding.
1: <laughs> and 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 I need to be constantly reminded that I have cares and responsibilities, and I'm not supposed to be in the cinema every single week. So, <laughs> but. <laughs> so until next week when I don't know we might actually get to see Death of the Nile or Uncharted or something else that might or, yeah, or something that might actually be released because it's seeming oh O oh, you can come back and let us know what you thought about Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> you can go come back and let us tell us what you thought about Spider Man. Uh but until next week it is a goodbye from me. A goodbye from me. Goodbye,
2: goodbye. from me.
1: Yes, yes, Tyler, you get to do what you've been listening, but now you get to do one yourself. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. See you guys next week.